Alright everybody, what's happening? This is your man L. Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got the facts. We're going to get right into it. We got a bit to discuss. Uh, this is either going to be late or early depending on when and where you're listening to this. Uh, but I'm going to have my weekend wrap up for you. I got my wild card wrap ups uh, for this weekend. I also got some college football, some ball games to go over over there as well. And then we also got some college basketball to talk about we're going to finish up the top 25 and then we're going to go over the scores over the scores from uh, last night or yesterday again depending on when and where you're listening to this uh but uh we also got and finally uh at the end of everything else i got my top 10 favorite video game soundtrack so we got a bit to discuss tonight or today <laughs> uh, but let's get right into it of course with the AFC wild card uh, we're gonna get we're gonna start off with the matchup between the Texans and the Bills the Texans uh, they get a win on Saturday 22 to 19 is the final score there we're gonna break down the stats of course uh, for the Bills offensively uh, they were led by uh, of course Josh Allen he would go 24 of 46 for 264 yards he also would have 92 rushing yards he would be the lead, the team's leading rusher uh, he would also have a receiving touchdown no passing touchdowns from him but no interceptions but he did have the receiving touchdown as well uh john brown the wide receiver would throw a pass touchdown and running back Devin singletary would have 58 yards on the ground and also six catches for 76 yards on defense the bills were led by tremaine edmonds who would have 12 total tackles and a sack uh, linebacker matt milano would have 12 total tackles and defensive end troy murphy would have six total tackles and two sacks for the tech Texans on offense that were led by quarterback Deshaun Watson. He would go 22 to 25 for 247 yards. He would throw a touchdown, but he also had 55 yards on the ground and a touchdown there as well. Wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins would have 60, sorry, six receptions for 90 yards, and uh, Carlos High would have a receiving touchdown as well as 48 rushing yards. On defense, Houston was led by defensive back Bradley Roby. He would have seven total tackles. Linebacker Ben Derrick McKinney would have 10 total tackles. Tackles, and also linebacker Zach Cunningham would have nine total tackles. Uh, the biggest takeaway from this game is Deshaun Watson just continues to make plays from in and out the pocket. Uh, he's one of the, the premier quarterbacks. Uh, you, you, you don't uh, hear about him a whole lot because the Texans haven't had a whole lot of postseason offense, but uh, postseason, I'm sorry, postseason success. But this might be the year they at least get to an AFC championship. And if that happens, uh, he would definitely put the world on notice. He really has some good plays, especially the, the game winner, if I'm not mistaken, getting out of the pocket, avoiding the sack, and just throwing a just a just a you know pinpoint pass. Uh, he's just he's just a monster out there when he really when he can be, when he has the protection, or even if he has to make the moves on the run. Uh, as far as the Bills are concerned, this is another disappointing you know postseason stint for them. Of course, they made it last year as well as their this is their second trip in a row and. There is a silver lining. I think um, you, you're in a situation going into next year where Josh Allen, we know he's capable. We know he's the downright leader of the team. I think you revamped that running game. I think you're going to have to let go of Frank Gore, uh, you know, despite him making some breaking some records and him just being a eventual Hall of Famer. 
you know, either he's going to walk away or they need to, you know, find some youth there at the running back position. I would also say find a solid receiver as well. Uh, John Brown isn't bad. He's definitely a speedster, but I don't think he's a number one. Uh, I don't think they uh, they will definitely, you know, benefit from the help of a tight end as well. Uh, so they have some things that they need to improve. They definitely have a great defense at the linebacker spot uh, in particular, uh, really in the defensive, uh, sorry, in the in the secondary, in the defensive back area, the safeties as well are pretty good. And of course, we talked about Troy Murphy the last two games I talked about with the Bills. He's had a couple sacks, so they they, they are really efficient at, at all levels defensively, but they really have problems scoring, as you can see. Uh, they, I believe they started off with a lead originally in the game, but again, they just weren't able to muster enough offense. 19 points is not a lot of points, and that's pretty much what their average was in pretty much every game, you know, 19, maybe 24 points. You got to be able to get more than that to really win games here in the NFL. Yes, defensive wins, wins championships, uh, but what gets you to the championship, winning games, racking up wins, and you get that by outscoring your opponents. Uh, but let's move on to the big upset of Saturday, really the big biggest upset so far, the playoffs. Uh, we got the Titans taking out the Patriots 20-13. to 13. Uh, We're going to break this one down as well. For the Titans on offense, of course, Ryan Tannehill would lead the way. Going 8-15, uh, just 72 yards here, but he would throw a touchdown. He would throw a pick as well. <clears throat> Running back Derrick Henry, a Capricorn just as myself. Uh, he had his birthday. Mines is coming up tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, he had 182 yards, 182 yards on the ground in the snow, and also, <clears throat> He would have a touchdown as well. And wide receiver, actually a tight end turned uh, wide receiver, Anthony Ferkser. Yeah, here we go. Anthony Ferkser would have a receiving touchdown. On defense, uh, Tennessee was led by linebacker Rashawn Evans. He would have 10 total tackles. Defensive back Logan Ryan would have six total tackles. And, of course, the um, the pick six that was that would pretty much seal the deal. And also safety uh, Kevin Byard would have seven, sorry, five total tackles. For the Patriots on offense, of course, Tom Brady, he would not have that great of a game. Two, uh, two, 20 or 37, 209 yards. Uh, he would also throw an interception. Running back Sony Michelle would be the leading rusher with 61 yards. Uh, wide receiver Julian Edelman would have a rushing touchdown, believe it or not. And running back James White would be the leading receiver with five catches and 62 yards. On defense, New England was led by linebacker, excuse me, Dante Hightower. He would go on to have nine total tackles. Linebacker Kyle Van Noy would have five total tackles in a sack. And defensive tackle Danny Shelton would have seven total tackles. Uh, this is the first playoff loss for the Patriots since 2012. So this is new for them. Uh, so they're, they're done. Uh, they're going to have a lot of time to think about what they want to do because, you know, they're done. Uh, safety Patrick Chung would actually injure his ankle in the first quarter. So that was uh, a damper on what they could do defensively, that being, that meaning the Patriots. And finally, Tom Brady, despite his performance and pretty much how he's looked this whole season, he is still ruling out, sorry, he is still ruling out retirement. He says he's not ready to go. I don't know. That's, you know, that's his opinion. I mean, if he wants to play, he wants to play. He did not look so good. He hasn't looked, he has not looked that good. So he might want to think about that. But I digress. He wants to play for the Chargers. Great. Whatever. Uh, let's move on to the NFC wild card. We have the Vikings picking up a much-needed win against the Saints this time in overtime, 26-20. Uh, people, respect Kirk Cousins, please. Respect our first cousin. 
Yes. Respect first cousins. Yeah. Good game. Well, decent game. 19 to 31 for 242 yards and a touchdown. Dalvin Cook, uh, basically, you know, basically, you know, a monster on the ground. 94 rushing yards, two touchdowns, a beast. Uh, I've always liked him coming out of Florida State. Wide receiver Adam Thielen was a, the leading receiver with seven catches and 129 yards. And of course, Kyle Rudolph would, would seal the deal with the, t- the game-winning touchdown. Uh, he would have four catches for 31 yards. On defense, the Vikings were helped out by safety Harrison Smith. He would have 11 total tackles. Linebacker Anthony Barr would have eight total tackles. And defensive end Danielle Hunter would have five total tackles and one and a half sacks. For the Saints, of course, Drew Brees got to start 26-33, 208 yards. So not bad in terms of, you know, percentage-wise and rating probably. Uh, He would throw a touchdown, but he would throw an interception. Of course, those are costly. Taysom Hill just is a Swiss Army knife. He does what he does. He had a 50... uh, he had a 50-yard pass. He also had 50 yards on the ground. He did also have two catches for 25 yards and a touchdown. Yes, a receiving touchdown. A quarterback with a receiving touchdown. Go figure. Uh, running back Alvin Kamara, rushing, he had a rushing touchdown. He also had 31 receiving yards. And wide receiver Michael Thomas was the leading receiver with seven catches and seven, uh, 70 yards. On defense, New Orleans uh, got production from safety Marcus Williams, who has 10 total tackles. And also defensive end Trey Hendrickson, he would have five total tackles and a sack. Moving on, we got the Seahawks getting it done against the Eagles. Uh, 17 and 9. This one was, you know, it was a defensively sound game. Um, I thought the Seahawks, well, no, no, the Eagles have a pretty decent defense, so they, they proved that. Um, so I think that's why the score isn't what it is. I thought the Seahawks would, you know, probably put the gas on it a little bit more because McNown, of course, he ended up, you know, carrying away but we'll get to that in just a second let's break down the stats here uh for the seahawks on offense that were led by quarterback russell wilson he would go 18 to 30 for 325 yards he would throw a touchdown he also was a team's leading rusher with 45 yards marshawn lynch would have a rushing touchdown of course on some beast mode you know just throwing people out the way he didn't really have a well he only averaged 1.2 yards per play so not too much in the yardage category but again it's a score and they needed it in a game like this you need it and dk metcalf the rookie continues to bat to dazzle me he's so freaking buff but he can run super agile i don't get it if this is david this is david boston who he should have been and he wasn't yeah dk metcalf would you know this is a Basically, he broke a record in terms of uh, receiving yards. He broke a record for uh, most uh, re- most receiving yards in a uh, playoff, well, in a rookie's first playoff game or in a player's, well, in, yeah, in somebody's first playoff game. I think it's amazing. He's, like I said, he's what David Boston wish he could have been. Yeah, and the cold part is I don't think he's juicing. That's the cold part, and I think that's probably why his draft stock went down a little bit. But he's what David Boston wish he could be in his wildest dreams. Uh, let's move on to the defense. The Seahawks uh, were, le- were led by Bradley McDougald. And I will say this. I think this is a new Legion of Boom here as well. Safety Bradley McDougald would have 11 total tackles and an interception. Defensive injured Davion Clowney would have five total tackles. And, of course, the controversial hit on uh, Carson Wentz. Yeah, he uh, he had some helmet there. Uh, on further review, when I first I, well, actually I didn't really get to see it. Uh, I saw more. I I was able to see the majority of the second half of this game. 
uh, and I miss the entire Saints game. Um, but Jadavion Clowney on further review, he he did make some helmet to helmet contact. I I can't see if there was any real intent, but at the same time, that doesn't matter because they're gonna call it anyway. So. I think the refs did miss that one. Uh, however, defensive uh, defensive lineman Quentin Jefferson would also have two sacks to that. Seattle would have seven sacks. So you can't blame that one on the refs. You can't. Um, uh, they're one of their best offensive linemen for the Eagles. Uh, what's his name? Lane Johnson, the right tackle. He was out. Uh, so you, you can't really. I believe they were missing a guard as well. So you can't necessarily blame everything on the refs. Uh, they might have missed that play, but they didn't, you know. They didn't give up seven sacks. So uh, that was on the offensive line. And unfortunately uh, for the Eagles, you know, they had, you know, Josh McNown back there. But to his credit, he would go 18 to 24 for 174 yards, really managed the game well uh, for the most part. Didn't throw an interception. He didn't give up a fumble. Um, so he did give up some sacks. Uh, he gave up the last sack at the end there. That was to Jadavion Clowney as well. Um, so, but again, you know, he didn't throw any interceptions. He didn't just put the ball on the ground. Um, and, you know, just give the Seahawks just, you know, enormous, uh, you know, just, you know, enormous amounts of field position, you know. Uh, but Carson Wentz, like I said, he would get the start, but he would go one for four and three yards. Of course, he was knocked out with the concussion. Of course, that was a controversial hit by Davion Clowney. And again, Carson Wentz cannot see through a playoff series or a play, yeah, a playoff, uh, you know, series with the with the Eagles. That's what we've been seeing here, and it's been unfortunate, but that's just the way it goes. Miles Sanders was the leading rusher with 69 rushing yards, and uh, Dallas Goddard was the leading receiver at the time, a tight end spot with seven catches and 73 yards. On defense, Philadelphia was led by defensive back Malcolm Jenkins. He would have nine total tackles in a sack, and also linebacker Nathan Jerry. He would have six total tackles. Let's move on. We're going to go talk about some college football real quick. We're going to run through some ball games for a little while. And we're going to start off with some uh, Birmingham ball action. This goes back last week. Uh, we got Cincinnati, number 21 in the nation, getting the win against Boston College. 38-7 is the final score here. Uh, Cincinnati finishes their year at 11-3, excuse me, and Boston College finishes at 6-7. For Boston College on offense, they were led by quarterback Dennis Rosal. He would go 8-17 for 87 yards. Running back David Bailey would have 28 rushing yards and tight end Hunter Long would have two catches of 45 yards. So not a real productive day for the Eagles on offense. On defense, Boston College was led by linebacker Isaiah McDuffie, who had 10 total tackles, and also defensive back Jason Matry, who would have eight total tackles. Eight total tackles, excuse me. For Cincinnati, the Bearcats on offense were led by quarterback Desmond Ritter. He would go 14 of 24 for 95 yards and a touchdown. He would also have 105 rushing yards for three touchdowns. Uh, running back Michael Warren, the second, would have 105 rushing yards as well. And running back Ryan Montgomery uh, would have a rushing touchdown. Wide receiver uh, Jay Sean Jackson would be the leading receiver with just two catches and 33 yards. And wide receiver Malik uh, Mbojo or Mboji would have a receiving touchdown. On uh, on defense, the Bearcats were led by linebacker Brian uh, Brian Wright. He would have four total tackles. Linebacker Perry Young. He would have four total tackles. And defensive end Ethan Ethan Tucky. He would have five four total tackles. Excuse me. And sack. Moving on, uh, we got some Gator Ball action. 
with the, with the Tennessee Volunteers getting the win against Indiana, 23 to 22. On Friday, we had the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Yes, yes, it's that silly. Um, yes, this was in Boise, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, at Boise State. Uh, Ohio got the win against Nevada, 30 to 21. And uh, we also got, finally, we got the Armed Forces ball with two, I'm sorry, two, yes, Tulane getting the win against Southern Mississippi, 30 to 13 is the final score there. Both teams uh, wrap up the year at seven and six. For uh, Southern Mississippi on offense, they were led by quarterback Jack Abraham. He would go 17 to 23 for 167 yards. He'd also have a touchdown, and also he'd have a touchdown on the ground as well. Uh, quarterback Tate Watley would have would, would go 9 to 22, excuse me, for 134 yards with two interceptions. And running back uh, Travinsky Mosley, he would have 43 rushing yards, and wide receiver Quez Watkins would have eight total catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. On defense, the Eagles were led by uh, DQ Thomas at the defensive defensive back spot with eight total tackles and a half a sack, and also defensive back Malik Shorts, who had seven total tackles. For Tulane, the Green Wave was led by off was led on offense by quarterback Justin McMillan. He would go 13 of 18 for 215 yards. He'd have Third, uh, sorry, three touchdowns and 41 rushing yards. Running back Cameron Carroll was a leading rusher with 48 rushing yards. Wide receiver Jalen McCluskey would have two catches for 87 yards and a touchdown. Uh, running back Amari Jones would have five catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. And wide receiver Jacob Robertson would have a receiving touchdown as well. Um, on defense, um, oh, sorry. On defense, they were led by safety Chase Kirshen. He would have seven total tackles and an interception. Linebacker Lawrence Brown would have six total tackles. And defensive back Willie Langham would have six total tackles. All right, now I'm going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be talking some college basketball. Like I said, we'll be going over the rest of the top 25. We'll be going over some scores there as well. All right, y'all. I'll be right back. Let's get into some college basketball. I'm be wrapping up the, the top 25. I'm going to be starting off with number 16 and working my way down. I'm also going to be giving you guys a couple scores from Sunday as well. Uh, but let's get into number 16. Uh, we got West Virginia at 11-2. Their last game, however, was a loss, 60-53 at number 3, Kansas. Uh, however, they are still 2-1 versus the top 25 with a win versus number 24, Wichita, Wichita State, excuse me, and also a 67-59 win at Ohio State. Uh, they currently are 20th in defensive rating at 86.3, and they only uh, they only give up about 61.8 uh, points a game, so not too bad defensively. They also, of course, a lot of turnovers as, as well, so that's what leads to the high defensive rating as well. And uh, they they pretty much stay well within games because of their defense as well. So again, uh, high rated defense, uh, they do not give up a lot of points. Uh, their biggest issue, I I think, will always be their Achilles heels. They don't.
don't score a lot of points. And you'll see that with some of the really good defensive teams. There's one that we're going to get to a little bit later. A really good defensive team, but they just don't have the offense. But let's move on to number 17. We have Kentucky, uh, who is 10-3. They have won two games in a row. They are also 2-1 versus the top 25 with a win versus number 14, Michigan State. 69-62, uh, excuse me. They also have a win versus number 7, Louisville. 78-70. Uh, but they do have a loss, 71 to 65 versus Ohio State. They do have two uh, losses, however, to non uh, to two uh, non top 25 teams. I thought that was very cool, very questionable to me. Uh, they have a loss, 67 to 64, uh, 67 to 64 versus Evansville at home. I don't even know where Evansville is. They also have a loss, 66-69 to 69 at Utah. Uh, two, like I said, two unranked teams. That is why, I'm, in my opinion, uh, they are ranked a little bit low. I, expect, I would expect for them to stay uh, just about where they are, maybe move up just a spot. Uh, at number 18, we have Florida at Florida, uh, Florida State. Excuse me. Florida State is 13-2. They've won six in a row. They also are 8-0 at home. Uh, they do have a top 25 win. 78 to 65 at number seven Louisville. However, they do have two losses to nine 25 teams. Uh, they have an 80 to 64 loss at Indiana. I'm sorry, and a 61 to 63 loss at Pittsburgh. Dude, I don't know how they got. I don't know how they let those two go. Uh, and they got pretty much blown out by Indiana. So I pretty much understand why they're at number 18. Uh, they are three and one in conference play, and they are currently uh, 54th in offensive rating at one. 8.7 so they score pretty well they have a good shooting percentage as well at number 19 we have Virginia they are also 11 and 2 and they were last year's champion uh, their last win was 65 to 39 versus uh, Virginia Tech that was yesterday uh, actually Saturday excuse me uh, they also have a win 46 to 26 at Maine they have a very good defense however their two losses came to Purdue and South Carolina and they gave up just about the same amount of points and they did not play well offensively they lost 69 to 40 at purdue they also uh, lost 70 to 59 versus south carolina uh, both of those teams scored you know outscored them tremendously and it looks like they did not shoot very well themselves in those games uh they actually average at, they actually average a really low 55.8 points per game uh they have a 45 uh, sorry 41.5 uh uh, team field goal percentage with a 27.3 three-point percentage. And their leading scorer is for Namadi Diakite, who just gets about 13.2 13 points a game. They do not really shoot very well across the board. Uh, however, they are really great defensively, and this, is, has, been, this has been their hallmark for years. Uh, they only give up about 46.7 points a game. Like I said, uh, with the main game, they only gave up 26 points. And there's just a couple games that they have like that. They really shut teams down. And they also, of course, they have the uh, the best defensive rating at 77.8. So there you go. They first, they definitely force a lot of turnovers, and they just keep you from scoring. At number 20, we have Dayton at 13 and two. Uh, they have four wins in a row. Uh, however, they do have a loss, 84 to 90, at number three Kansas. That's so far that's been their only top 25 team, and more than likely that's probably going to be the only top 25 team that they're going to get a chance to play this year. Uh, they do. They are ninth and scoring with 83.3 points per game they also second in offensive rating with 100 with, sorry with a score of 118.6 uh let's move on to penn state 
uh, excuse me, they are number 21. Penn State is 12 and 2. Their last game was a 89 to 86 win uh, versus number 10 Iowa. Sorry, number 23 Iowa. Excuse me. They are currently 2 and 1 versus the top, the top 25 with a uh, W 76 to 69 versus Maryland, and they also have a loss though as well. Blowout loss to uh, sorry Ohio State 106 to 74 was the final score there. Uh, however, they are tied for second in the Big Ten uh, with a two and one record, and they are 19th in scoring, uh, 81 points per game for Penn State. So uh, Penn State is playing pretty well at the moment. Uh, they might make a slight jump uh, going into the new week. At number 22, uh, we have another team that's likely to make a jump. That is Texas Tech. They were the runners-up from last year. They are currently 10-3. They also have won a significant amount in a row. They've won five games in a row. Uh, however, uh, Texas Tech is just 1-1 one one so far versus the top 25. They have a 72-61 to 61 loss at home to number 23, Iowa. However, they do have a win, 70-57 to 57 versus Louisville. Uh, this is a big week for them, however. Uh, they may move up in the rankings, but they have to face uh, on Tuesday. Day, they have to face number six Baylor and then uh, on Saturday they have to go on the road to face number five, number 16 West Virginia who's who might uh, rise in the polls as well uh, they currently have the 21st best defensive rating by the 86.3 and they hold their opponents to the 39.2 field goal percentage so another great defensive uh, team here at number 23 we have Iowa we mentioned them a few times here uh, Iowa is currently one in three versus the top 25 they do have a win at number 22 texas tech we just mentioned that 72 to 61 however they have a loss uh here at number 12 michigan 103 to 91 they also have a loss at san diego state as well who's currently number 13 uh, they also have a loss here uh to uh, Penn State, uh, we mentioned that uh, Penn State as well, 89 uh, to 86 was the final score. So one in three versus the top 25. You know, they're 10 and four. That's that's a hallmark of a number 23 team. I think they're. I think next week they're liable to go down and not be ranked. That's my prediction as well for them. They also have a bad loss. They have a bad loss to DePaul here, 93-78 to versus DePaul. Uh, that was at home, so that's another bad loss for them as well. Uh, they are currently 18th in scoring as well, 81.1 uh, uh, points per game for them, so slightly above Penn State. Uh, number 24, we have Wichita State. We've mentioned them uh couple times as well they are currently 13 to 1 they have won seven games in a row uh they uh, they do have a top 25 game here uh which was a loss 75 to 63 at number 16 west virginia i believe they have another shot to get another ranked opponent there so uh they have they have a chance to to strengthen up that schedule to strengthen up that resume uh for the postseason and they do have they are 14th in defensive rating as well uh they have an 85.6 rating here according to pro uh, sorry, collegebasketballreference.com. Uh, we also got number 25, Arizona here. Uh, Arizona is 0-2 versus the top 25. They have a loss 58-63 to 63 at number 6, Baylor. They also have a loss at home versus Gonzaga. Gonzaga's number 1. They lost that game 80-84. to 84. Uh, Sophomore Brandon Randolph is their leading scorer. 12 and a half, 12, almost 12.5 points for him and 3.3 rebounds. Uh, for Arizona, 
Arizona, the key for them is uh, improving their shooting percentage. That's in that's pretty low. They're they're scoring in the, in about the middle of the road, like I believe 60 60th. The defense is about middle of the road as well, 50th in the nation. So they're both middle of the road there. Uh, they do have a big game against Oregon this week. Uh, that would help them out in the rankings. Uh, let's move on. We have a couple uh, scores from last night uh, or from Sunday. Number 20 Dayton uh, gets a win against their conference rival in the Atlantic 10. St. Joseph 80 to 60. Is the final score there for Dayton? They were led by Ford Ryan uh, McKessel. He had 18 points and three rebounds. Guard Trey Landers, uh, he would have 18 points and nine rebounds. And Ford Obadiah Toppin would have 15 points and five rebounds. Uh, they will also get he- uh, help from guard Jalen Crutcher. He would have 10 points, 10 assists, and six rebounds. For St. Joseph, they were led by guard Ryan Daly. He would have uh, 22 total points, seven assists, and 12 rebounds. Guard Cameron Brown would have 16 points, and Ford Miles Douglas would have 15 total points and six rebounds. Uh, for St. Joseph, the key for the game to this for this one was they only converted uh, 59% of their free throw shots. They had an opportunity there to pr- well to at least make up the gap in certain areas. Uh, for the most part, Dayton did play a good game. They also gave up 12 turnovers. That being St. Joseph, uh, they would give up 12 turnovers as well. Uh, moving on. Uh, we got in the big time matchup uh, in the big rivalry game, number 12, sorry, number 14, uh, Michigan State gets the win over uh, number 12, Michigan. 87 to 69 is the final score there. Michigan is now 12 and 3. Michigan State is now 12 and 3, excuse me. And Michigan is 10 and 4. I think Michigan takes a drop in the rankings as well. Uh, for Michigan, they were led by Senator John Teske. He would have 15 points and five rebounds. And guard Xavier Simpson would have 14 points, three assists, and five rebounds. For Michigan State, they were led by guard Cassius Winston. Another great game from him. 32 points, nine assists, and two rebounds. Forward Xavier Tillman would have 20 points, 11 rebounds, and three assists. Uh, for Michigan, a rough night for them shooting-wise. They had they missed a lot of opportunities here. They only converted 36.2% of their shots, uh, 25 of 69. Michigan State slightly... Oh, uh, they only made a slightly, uh, well, they only made three more shots than Michigan. However, uh, they didn't take as many, so they had a pretty significant better, significant, well, significantly higher field goal percentage. Excuse me, that's what I want to say here. Uh, Fifty-two at fifty-two point eight percent here, but again, Michigan shot 69, 69 shots. They had sixty-nine opportunities here only converted on 25 of them so again that was their issue here the spartans out rebounded the wolverines 43 to 34 however uh the offensive boards were uh michigan uh were michigan led 14 to 8 so they had a couple opportunities to get some second chance baskets but michigan was all over michigan state was all over them uh cassius winston with the 32 points you can't necessarily beat that michigan state would also have a good game defensively with 12 blocks so you know, good game there. Can't take too much from them. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. And when I come back, this is uh, what I've been waiting for to pre- present to you guys. I've been waiting on this the entire week. My top 10 favorite video game soundtrack. So, uh, again, I'm going to take another quick break, y'all. And I will be right back. 